Hello, everybody, and welcome to Knights of the Pageless Library. I am Bo Knight, and with me, as always, is Ryan Knight. And today, we were reviewing A Brave New World by, oh, how do you say his name? <clears throat> Aldous Huxley. And, and narrated by Michael York. That's right. <clears throat> and before we get into this one, just want to remind everyone, um, we've got a few spam emails so far. So <laughs> Which I consider progress. I don't care. Well, at least we know our email address works now. <laughs> yeah, we know it works, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody would like to email us, uh, kotpl.pod at gmail.com is the easiest way to get a hold of us. Um, and you can email us there with anything you want. So, yeah. Even if it's spam. We'll consider Even it, if but... it's spam. Go for it. We're uh, the more the merrier, I guess, at this point. Yeah. So, as always, we, we listen to this book on Audible. That's pretty much the only place we've ever listened to anything. I, I do think in the future maybe we should try some other platforms. I don't even know else what's out there, honestly. I know, I know there's a lot of people on YouTube that will do um, like audiobooks and stuff. And I've actually heard a couple decent ones. Like that guy emailed me about the – or well, he, he commented on our Starship Troopers one and said that he had done like a dramatization of it. And it was actually not too bad. So I there are that. Yeah, there are other places out there. It's just that um, Audible kind of keeps it the easiest and most streamlined and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. I've been using Audible pretty much. I feel like since it came out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> like we said a long time ago, you know, we started back on tapes, so yeah, <laughs> with audiobooks. So, Brave New World was first written in 1932, and I think this audiobook came out originally in 1998. Did it? I'm seeing a 2008 right here. Could have been redone, though, if you're seeing one that says 1998. I, I don't see 2008 anywhere. I okay. see 1998 BBC Audiobooks America. I wonder if that's just when they picked up the uh, the rights, the rights or something. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, the one the release. The, the other one I see is 2003. Okay. Either way, somewhere in that era, between <laughs> between 1998 and 2008, this oh, audio book. Oh, so, so yeah, this one was released in 2008. Okay. It was released on Audible in 2008, anyway. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and you probably could have found pro like a brave new world cd or tape or something before that so um so the author aldous huxley this kind of so he's oftentimes compared to george orwell because they both kind of write that like dystopian type of books um however as stated, you know, this book came out in the 30s and 1984 came out in 1948. So Aldous Huxley was actually around well before George Orwell was kind of getting popular. Um, but the two definitely had like a connection. So that is sort yeah. of important. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely see the seeds, I think, of, like, 1984 in this book. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely, I would say this makes more sense as to kind of a spot where 1984 could draw a lot of inspiration, in my opinion. Yeah, um, for sure. But this, a lot of Aldous Huxley's work is sort of this type of stuff i think brave new world is probably what he's most well known for if that is incorrect please somebody let me know um this would be if you mentioned his name probably the only book that i personally could could think of off the top of my head so yeah same here um but yeah so <clears throat> Again, you're probably if you hear Aldous Huxley's name, you're also probably going to hear George Orwell's name because 
this stuff sort of goes kind of hand in hand, to be honest. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so what did you think about Michael York in the narration of this film? I think he's fine. Just fine, huh? Interesting. Yeah. I thought he did pretty good, actually, in my opinion. I thought I think he... it's okay. It gets a little confusing sometimes who's talking. Sure, and I don't necessarily know if that's his fault or if that's the way it's written, and we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. But I thought he did pretty good in terms of uh, inflection and you know showing some emotion while he was actually narrating. So I thought that was good for me. I mean, it didn't do bad, but it didn't blow me away. Sure, fair enough. I mean, it can't all be. Uh, what's his name? Who? Bronson Pinchot. <laughs> yeah, can't all be, you know, Bronson Pinchot. So, fair enough. But overall, I think I thought Michael York did a pretty good job, and he actually has a pretty wide array of things he's done for Audible. It shows about sixty different results for uh, books he's either narrated himself or at least been a part of a team of narrators. So. Yeah, a lot of romance that, novels. That includes the Chronicles of Narnia box set. Yeah, is that the one that we had? I think so. Yeah, where it was the like super dramatization of it. Yeah, which is actually pretty good in my opinion. Yeah. Um. Okay, so like we kind of started talking about, Brave New World is a dystopian type of future. So the book itself is actually set in um, present day, or uh, sorry, like if you're going by our calendar, it would be like the year 2540. So it would be set in about 500 years from now um, of our future. But the, the tone of the whole thing is, and we'll get into it a lot more after the spoiler wall, but just know that it's like a very dystopian future where there are like definite class systems in place. Oh, very those, hard class systems. <laughs> yeah, and those class systems, it, it's not even like can be avoided. So, and we'll talk about that once we get past the spoilers. Um, this book actually is not that long. It comes in right at eight hours which is um, some people might think that's long, but that's like a good, good road trip. So yeah, eight hours is like, I don't consider, I could, I consider that like a medium book. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> I would too. Um, and you could get this for free if you signed up for audible um, or you could pay 21 bucks for the book. So I don't think that's an unfair price. I mean, they could round it off to 20 bucks and call it good. But yeah. Okay, so the big question. Is this one easy to follow? No. No. No, it is not. <laughs> Especially the the beginning. The beginning, I feel like it, it puts its worst foot forward in the beginning. Yeah, actually very true. And there was even a few parts where I was like, Oh, I might have to go back because I'm I'm getting very confused for sure, um, and that's that's just a a matter of the way the beginning is kind of written because he goes through this weird little part where he's jumping character to character to character like every sentence, uh -huh. so it gets very very muddled very quickly, but that doesn't persist throughout the book, which is good. Um, yeah, but it's... This book doesn't really have, like, a main character. See, I... I agree, actually, and we'll we'll get into that a little bit. Um, but, yeah, there... <sighs> this one's hard for me, probably because I'm not a very smart person, so... Don't worry, I one, also struggle with this. This one was tough um, in terms of, like getting a really solid like story out of this now i'm sure there's plenty of people out there adjusting their glasses and being like um <laughs> actually this, this <laughs> the deeper meaning to this is very obvious okay um and that might be true but 
for me, for a layman, um, it it is hard. It's difficult to follow. Um, I got the gist of it, and I think I got the gist of um, kind of what is so bad about this book as far as like the world that it builds. So that part of it, I definitely walked away from with like my eyes kind of wide open and my jaw dropped. But as far as wrapping a story into that, I didn't, I didn't love the way that was done. So it it almost felt a little like, like ham fisted almost. It's like the story part of it was almost an afterthought to me. It seemed like that's, that's not a terrible way to put it because it does. It feels like he came up with like the world, like mm-hmm. he did really good world building, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Oh wait, I have, <laughs> I have six hours of world building and no actual story to tie it all together." So, so okay, I, I want to add on to that, but I want to get into the recommendations first. Okay, go ahead. What's your recommendation on this one? I'm not going to recommend this one. Really? Okay. I really didn't enjoy it all that much. Okay, that's fair. Um, I found it to be quite the slog. So we actually only really listened to this because it if you click on like 1984, this one's going to be at the top of the recommended also list. So that's really kind of why we ended up listening to this because we, well, we haven't reviewed 1984, but, you know, we, we've listened to we that talk a about it a lot. Right. So... We have an interest in 1984. So when this came up, I was the one who jumped on it and said, well, now we got to listen to Brave New World. So with that, though, I kind of agree because it's definitely nowhere near as well done as 1984 is. Where No, and, and I think even comparing it to 1984 is like kind of disingenuous. It sort of is because they definitely... I would almost say that the the similarities stop in the sense that they are both dystopian futures. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's about it. That's really what makes them similar, is that they're dystopian futures. But as far as the way the dystopian futures are, is not that similar. And actually, now that I'm really thinking about it, they're almost polar opposites. Um, and I'll, we'll probably get into that once we start talking about the actual story. Um, so I, my recommendation would be, uh, don't, don't pay for this one. Um, maybe if you used a free token or you wanted, I don't know, maybe if you wanted to use your free with your, your free book with your sign up, maybe, but I think there's better options out there. Um. I would only probably recommend this one for maybe somebody who is a fan of like George Orwell's and you want to kind of fill out that like maybe where he drew a lot of his inspiration from. But overall, for your average kind of listener, yeah, I wouldn't recommend this one either. Yeah, It's, it's just because just... it is so difficult. One, it's difficult to listen to. And two, like you said, the, the story, quote unquote, is not that interesting. No, and I and I think you said something earlier too, and I was like, yeah, that the story almost doesn't even matter. No, and I and every time I feel like I do have to say story with quotes because this book would have probably been better as just a world building, which is sort of how like I feel like that's why 1984 was better in terms of it uh, it used the story to build the world. Whereas this one kind of does the opposite because it starts to build the world right off the bat. Right. And you know uh, what I mean? But we're not like tethered to anything. Like that's what I have a, a real issue with this book is like we don't see how this world affects one person. Like and how they have to deal with all of the ins and outs. Like we I just kind of see how certain events happen. And sure. And it left me wanting a lot, like about like, I don't know, like, I want to know, like, where people's headspace is at on a, on certain things, and you really don't get that. And that's fair, yeah, because we're jumping a few different characters, 
And then um, our character who kind of wraps up the story, they end up like cutting ties with him anyways. So yeah. like, yeah, it ends up being, it, it is hard to follow. I, I mean, even still, I'm kind of like lost for like, yeah, like what was, you know, A, B, C of the story. Yeah. Um, but so with that, those are our recommendations. I mean, so you're getting a pretty much resounding no for your average, just like if you need something to listen to. But I mean, if you're really hard up for something to listen to, go ahead. But can't say we didn't warn you. I mean, there's there's good stuff here. It's just I don't know if it's enough to outweigh the bad to me. Sure. And I, I agree with that. Um, and so with that, we'll go ahead and pass the spoiler wall. We will talk about the story and uh, kind of see if we can't pick it apart a little bit. So, like, the the opening is really cool. How we, like, open on these kids getting a tour of oh, – what do they call it? Oh, it is it's called, called – it's basically called a hatchery, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So, Which yeah, is like where we, they're they're artificially like, breeding babies, right? And we get like the explanation of how like they're basically able to make tons of twins out of one egg. Yeah, I can't even remember now what it's called. It's been a while budding. since I listened to the book. Um, they like bud the the egg off. Yeah, but it has a it has a specific name because of the guy who came up with it. But yeah, um. Yeah, so these kids are getting this tour, and during the tour, this is—I think the opening of this book is actually the strongest part. Me too. And that's what kind of left me so disappointed was because it—it it, it tapers off so hard from the opening that it gets very disappointing. Um. So as these kids are getting this uh, tour, the tour guide is explaining like what's going on and basically it's like this huge long building and the baby embryos start on one end and they kind of move down these conveyors as they grow and they end up doing different things to each embryo based on what kind of person they want to be as an adult so right because there's there's alphas betas oh what's the c one uh what, is there a C1? I think there's not. Because Maybe there's Alpha, right. Beta, Delta, Gamma, and Epsilon. Yeah, you're right. There is no C. Yeah, I think they skip C for some reason. But I didn't even notice that during the book. So, <laughs> so, they, so basically what they're doing is selectively breeding people to fit specific roles as adults. So, like, where... People in today's world might think they got the short end of the stick and they think that their life sucks because they're not as smart or they're not as fast. Well, literally in this world, you don't get to pick and you are made that way on purpose. Yeah. So and like Bo was saying, they do that uh, deal where they might breed like 90 twins. So it's 90 of these people who look identical to each other because they split the embryo down that far and then they breed them all. And usually those people, once they reach maturity, they're uh, very, very slow minded. They're small, they're weak, but they, they do good at performing very repetitive, simple tasks. Right. So like we see them later in the book as like the, like the elevator guy, he runs the elevator buttons or like they they sort things in factories, like simplistic jobs. So that being the bottom of the rungs, then you get into like your alphas and your alpha plus and whatever they have to where those are the guys who are running the factories. Those are the guys who are designing the buildings and blah, blah, blah. They basically have bred in this hierarchy into their society yeah 
yeah, like the hierarchy is everything. And they get sleep conditioned when they're when they're sleeping with their children. They have like sayings that are said over and over and over and over and over again right. to like ingrain basically this class system even more in them. They also are conditioned as children to not really enjoy things that are artistic and to not enjoy reading because those are things that will make them realize yeah it'll make them antisocial and it also make them kind of realize what is like how fucked up things are around them (laughs) yeah so so they like they go so far as to like set down like flowers and like books in front of these babies and as the babies go towards them as soon as they try to touch them they like make sirens go off they shock the babies they basically scar them for life to not like these things and then like Bo said they while they're sleeping they get sounds played sayings played over and over and over again in their heads or in their ear while they're sleeping um and based on what uh level they are alpha beta uh, gamma whatever it will say different things about the other classes so if you're like a beta it will say like oh alphas are amazing we must be respectful to alphas epsilons are basically the scum of society we look down on epsilons so not only are they ingraining their class in them they're ingraining them to stay separate from the other classes as well yeah it is fucked up (laughs) yeah it is it's super weird and the book hooked me hook line and sinker at this part like the whole the tour and what they're seeing in the factory and all this stuff i was like this is awesome we get to explore more of this world and then it's like oh now freaking bernard and whatever the girl are like going on a date and i'm like wait no 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 i want to hear more about yeah and immediately (laughs) this is when the book like loses me yeah and all of this stuff almost doesn't even matter no, and I to be honest, some of it's confusing because the one guy it like So the one guy and gal, Bernard, I think is Bernard and Burnet. They call him Burnet. <laughs> yeah. And what is her name? Uh, I can't even remember her name. Uh, Anyways, I I I won't dwell on it too much, but they because it's not really that I'll say it's not that important, and again, some guy's adjusting his glasses. Actually, uh, it's important because – but seriously, they end up going – so, like, it's weird because she likes him, like, to the point where she – they're, like, almost dating, and in this world, that's really weird. Uh, Basically, everybody's also bred to be very promiscuous, and, like, they're taught from a young age that, like, sex is okay, and you should – constantly be wanting to have sex with different people and and having sex all the time and that's also a way i think to keep the people very um distracted from the true meaning of like their lives because they also are on like like the women can't get pregnant they have to be like very good about taking their birth control and all these things so that they cannot get pregnant uh aside from like a very, very, very small few that they hand pick to supply embryos to the facilities. Um, but so they end up like they're like dating, which is, I guess, weird. And they they're going to go somewhere together. Right. They're going to go see the natives. Right. Yeah. They're going to go to the savage reservation in New Mexico. That's right. The savages. That's what they call them. The savages. That's right. Um, so they go there and they basically the savages are natives to the land, I'm assuming, because they talk about specifically they have like this one little ritual when they're there, um, where they whip the one kid, right? 
mm-hmm. and he it's basically like a ritual where they're the more blood this kid could spill while being whipped it's like a a good thing like an offering to the gods mm-hmm. well the kid dies and then another kid walks up but this other kid is white and he says he could have done better but they won't let me because of my skin color so that's the only real reason it's important to to distinct make the distinction that they are like native people with like a with a darker skin complexion because this kid is now an anomaly and this kid is john and he is actually technically i think the main character right for like the second <laughs> half i, I mean like the first half's kind of about burn it mm-hmm. and i don't know so this I, was like, the this part that loses me right and i actually I got reinterested once they got to the reservation because I was like, oh, this sounds interesting. You mean there's other people living outside of this incredibly advanced civilization and they live out like as, you know, native people and they live off the land? I was like, that's cool. We're going to explore that now, right? No, we're not. We're not even going to talk about it, really. I mean, the only reason they go to the reservation, like, as far like, is to meet John and Linda, his mom. And right. So Linda used to live in the world state, but she got kicked out because she had a son. Yes, because she got pregnant. Yes, that's why she was like uh, exiled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then she had to go live with the natives, basically. <clears throat> and then she had John. And then this part really loses me because Burnett, like, he's like hatches a scheme because of this and he's like i gotta take john back with me well he's trying to like save his own ass as far as i understand right because like his he figures out that his boss because his boss has said some weird stuff to him he's like yeah i had a lady that i was like basically in love with at one point but okay something happened to her and now i've never seen her again and he kind of like puts it together that 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 was linda and so, like, Bernard's trying to save his own job because he's antisocial, and so they're thinking about sending him to freaking Iceland. That's right. Okay, that's right. Because, yeah, Bernard, he questions a lot of what they're doing, right? Like, he doesn't necessarily like the way things are done. So another thing to kind of interject here is that in this world, which this was also an awesome part that they don't really talk about, I feel like, is that... Uh, in this world, they have a drug called Soma, and Soma is literally like everybody does it, and what it does is basically remove you from society for a determined amount of time. Like you go to sleep and you dream. Like you, they literally call it going on vacation. Yeah. Because once you take the stuff, you you will not wake back up for like 12, 24, 36, 48 hours. You, you won't wake up. Um, this part of the book I thought was very interesting because, and I actually listened to a um, YouTube video that talked about this book, and they brought up the fact that they compared Soma to social media nowadays. Interesting. I thought so, too, because they said, think about it. When people want to escape their real life, they go to social media where everything's like, you know, social media. A lot of people portray themselves differently on there than in real life. So I thought that was a very interesting kind of comparison between this drug. Right. Which I've heard social media compared to a drug before, and I would agree with that statement wholeheartedly. But I just thought this was a very good like even though soma doesn't exist i was like oh yeah that if i had to compare social media to a drug soma would be the drug i would compare it to yeah that's fair because like even the the gal that's with uh bernard she she needs the stuff all the time yeah like, she, she gets stressed out all the time and she'll take like two pills and just be crashed out for like 24 hours like it's nothing so Anyway, so they they bring John back to the city, and this part's really weird uh, to me because basically he like confronts his boss, and Linda comes in, right? Mm-hmm. And 
and she's like, "Oh, it's you," and it's like in front of a bunch of other coworkers too. Well, yeah, because they're like, they're trying to freaking basically exile him. Right. They're trying to get this guy fired because he also had a baby, technically. <laughs> yeah. Which he's not supposed to do. Right. Um, and uh, basically, long story short, she comes in, talks to him. John comes in, and then everybody's like, oh, you have a baby? Yeah. And the guy gets kicked out of the – kicked out. But John is John's not a baby. John's like what, seventeen years old or something like yeah. that. He's like he's like in a teenager, yeah. But John also the reason I would highlight John as kind of our main character, at least from this point on, is while John was living with the natives, he also he liked to read and he liked to learn and he's trying to learn a lot of stuff about the world. And he's the one who basically says once he gets to come to the city that he's now in a brave new world. Like he gets to explore this new place that he had only heard stories about. Um, but after the boss guy, he quits his job, but Linda is so heartbroken that he won't recognize her. She basically puts herself into like a Soma coma. Yeah. Soma <laughs> yeah. coma. Uh, soma coma um and the doctors are like yeah, that's cool yeah we'll just keep letting her take soma until she kills herself yeah Basically. they don't even care no they really don't the, the doctor super crass about the way people die too yeah it's not like a big deal at all because they live in a society where people are just born in like test tubes so yeah so and well but they also like this one thing i didn't understand either, either is like they they made it sound like the people who live in London don't age. Not really, because they go to – I think they go and have stuff done all the time medically because – yeah, so Linda's like what? In her early 30s, mm -hmm. but she's like a little bit overweight, and they, bas they see her as like a monster because yeah. of that. Like <laughs> they literally see her as a monster. It's kind of it's like sickening almost. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of sickening. Um, but yeah, so once you get past that point, though, now we kind of shift all our attention to John, and um, John also likes this girl who came with Bernard to uh, to find him, right? Mm -hmm. And she likes John. But because she's like super promiscuous, but because of the way John was raised with the natives, he he basically is not that way at all. So mm -hmm. neither one of them really understand each other's chemistry. So like she's confused that he doesn't like her, but he also really does like her. He just wants to be a gentleman about it. So that's also kind of going on in the background. But in the meantime, John is also now like a celebrity because yeah. he lived with the natives, but now he's like in the city. And apparently he's like a pretty handsome young man. So <clears throat> her name is uh, Lenina. That's her oh. name. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Lenina. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I mean, basically though this the rest of the book is sort of john's descent though from thinking that the world he's in is like it's amazing and it's all high tech you know and then in this future they don't have cars like everybody literally has like a helicopter for themselves yeah. like which is kind of cool and so he's like blown away by all this stuff but at the same time he is seeing the underlying issues with the way that they do things. Like nobody reads anything. Nobody really even tries to learn anything. All they do is they go to their job. They do their job for eight hours. They come home. They have sex with a few different people. They take some Soma. They crash out. That's like their day. And he's interested in learning things and learning about the past. But he can't even find a way to do that because there's no books. There's, like, nothing available for them to even try to learn. Yeah. 
And so he ends up causing a lot of trouble because of this. Because he's like, people, they like hand out Soma, and he's like, no, you idiots. He's like slapping it out of their hands. And Yeah. Yeah, he like has a complete meltdown at one point, doesn't he? That's like after... Yeah. So yeah, his his mom Linda is in the hospital, and she's they they tell him that she's gonna die, and he's like super distraught because she's taking too much soma basically, and it's gonna kill. She's just gonna end up killing herself. Like she doesn't even want to come out of it, and so he like is like sitting in the hospital, and these like little kids come in, and they're like they're they're being a bunch of dicks because that's just who little kids are, and they're like so conditioned with death that death doesn't matter. And he is basically like somebody that was raised in our world where death would mean a lot. And so, like, he's so broken up about, like, the fact that his mom's going to die, but nobody seems to care but him. And, yeah, and then, then and that, that's, like, when he has his meltdown and he's, like, slapping Soma out of people's hands and he's, like, going on a complete tirade and causing all sorts of chaos. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, what you're saying, too, so they bring those kids in because the – and these kids are, like – what i don't know what second graders third graders yeah. they're young 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 kids and it's all and, a group of the same twin yeah they all look the exact same so there's like 12 of them or so and they look exactly the same and the lady who brings them says that they're on whatever their weekly visit because they take them to watch people die weekly so that it does not bother them yeah it's that's disturbing. It's super disturbing. But Death those conditioning is what they call it. Right. And to me, those are the highlights of this book is the world, not necessarily. And I get it like this part of the book is a little bit better because we're getting it from John's eyes. So it makes uh, but... it better because basically we and John are learning these things at the same time. That's that's a much better way to write it, I think, than I, kind of the way the first part was written. I agree. I just kind of wish it was all from John's perspective. Right. Sure. And I agree with that as well because the first part, like the opening was strong, and then that little bit of a middle part with uh, Bernard and um, Lenina going uh, – Lenina going to um, the natives – that part was – I felt it was – that was the most sloppy part of the book. It was. As far as like it's kind of hard to understand what we're supposed to be picking up on here. But really I think all it was was a move to get John into the story and get him to the city. Um, so after that, the, the resident world controller for Europe like – takes john and he takes burn it and then he takes his friend the writer i don't remember his name and he's basically talking to them about like you know like how they can't act the way that they do and and uh burn it and his friend get exiled and john is like he's he's basically talking to the world controller about like how he doesn't like the fact that there's no unhappiness in the world. Like it's not even you're not even allowed to be unhappy. Yes. Yeah. And and then and John like he he says like humans have a right to be unhappy and and the the controller guy's like no we got rid of that years ago. Right. Pick your mic up a little bit, Bo. It's falling down. Um. So that's something I forgot to mention in the beginning, but it's actually very important. Is there's also no religion. In this world, yeah, that's they, right. yeah, they've like stomped out religion, and um, because John liked to read, he had a few old books like while he was with the natives, and uh, so he read a lot of Shakespeare. Right, that was like kind of where he was getting a lot well, of. Well, he only had two books. He had like a history of the New World, and he had. A complete history, a complete works of Shakespeare was the only right. two books he had. Right, that's right. So then, once he meets uh, the controller of Europe, <clears throat> this guy was like, "Oh, so you want to learn some stuff, huh?" And he like takes him to like his private uh, freaking vault. Then he's like, "Here, you want to look at this?" And he's got like the Bible in there and like the Quran, and he has all these other uh, works like that we would consider mainstream and like important today 
these are like literally locked away because they don't want people to focus in on these things. And like you said, they don't want anybody to be unhappy. Well, you you don't even you don't have the right to be unhappy. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. We took that away years ago. <laughs> yeah. So that's where that's where John's kind of torn up, though, is because even when he's upset, like nobody around him really uh, they don't get it, though. They're like, what's wrong with you, man? Here, just take some Soma. Like, <laughs> Can we talk about that like, ritual that Burnett was a part of in like, the beginning? What was that about? Ritual. Which part? Well, they're like all taking Soma, and they're all like in a room together, and they're oh. like, trying to summon something. Yeah, but he doesn't take any, right? Yeah, and so it doesn't work, I guess. Right, I but he has to... That. I didn't either because he has to play along, right? I I don't either. I don't know what that was about either. And it doesn't so, come up again, does it? No, I don't think it does. We should also mention too that instead of religion, so instead of saying like God, thank God, they say thank Ford because oh, yeah. Henry Ford was the one who basically created um like the modern era as they see it. So Ford is who they worship instead of God. Yeah. Um, and I think that little ritual thing they did was that, right? It was like praying to Oh, Ford. is that what they were doing? I, I can't really remember now that I think about it. But Bernard doesn't like Soma, right? Like he – because he – kind of wants to be unhappy also. He goes against the grain all the time. Yeah, he's he's well I, I guess we should mention too that Bert, like Bernard is like a he's deformed for what class he is. Like he's small and ugly and he's not supposed to be. Yeah, because isn't he an alpha? Yeah, he's alpha plus. Right, alpha plus, right. Yeah, but so he's, he's good at his be. job so they keep him around. That's right. Yeah, that's that's basically how this whole thing starts, right? Is because his boss is like, you know, you're just lucky you're good at your job because I could have any number of people in here doing your job. Yeah. That's basically but, why he's like, eh, fuck you. I could, I'll show you. <laughs> like, yeah, but even the character of, of Bernard is so underdeveloped to me. Like, it seems like all of his motivations that he had in the beginning go away when he meets John. Right. Yeah, and I would agree. I don't know. I thought that was really weird. <clears throat> no, they. that's just it, though. John is, like, the only one who they really, like, quote-unquote, develop as a character. But even that, it doesn't start until about halfway through the book. So there's really not a lot of development even of him as a character. No. And then we should basically say, so once he comes to this realization that this whole brave new world really sucks... He decides he's going to run away and he's going to go live like out in the woods by himself. But by that time, he's become such a celebrity that he has a really hard time even getting out of the city. Right. And but then, I mean, he does eventually get away, but right. they end up finding him again because he's self-flagellating himself to like atone for his sins. And yeah. somebody sees him. And so like pretty soon reporters and like tons of people just come out to see what he's doing <laughs> i did like this part though he's like he builds himself like a little freaking shanty or no he finds like something out in the woods right an old abandoned building right yeah like, he lives uh, in like a hilltop tower yeah or it's like a like maybe like an old 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 lighthouse yeah something like that and uh yeah, so he tries, like, growing his own food, and he does, like, all this stuff. But exactly, one guy, like, sees him, like, uh, like hurting himself because of his sins. And then he, <laughs> they, like, go get all their, they tell everybody else. And then it's basically, like, paparazzi. Just, yeah. like, a whole, like, a hundred people show up in their little helicopters, which they say look like grasshoppers. So mm -hmm. I just picture those, like, dome bubble two-seater you know little rickety freaking helicopters mm -hmm. and uh 
yeah, they all land around him and they basically start like taking pictures of him and stuff while he's trying to just stay away from people. <laughs> right. And, and then he sees somebody like then they start drawing, drawing crowds of regular people, too. And then he sees somebody that looks like uh, oh, what's her name again? Uh, Lenina. Yeah, he sees somebody that looks like Lenina and he freaking attacks her with his whip. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Yeah, he's basically lost his shit at this point. Yeah. He's had enough. And, uh, yeah, and then he basically, uh, he just ends up, he can't take it anymore. Because he, mm-hmm. he's basically become, like, this celebrity, and he can no longer escape that world that he thought was so great. And so his only way out is he kills himself. Yep, and that's the end. And that is the direct end of the book, is that he hangs himself. Um, the ending to me seemed a little rushed, almost. Yeah. Well, like you said in the beginning, very ham-fisted. Yeah. Like, like, a lot I don't really know how to end this one. Here, but I feel like he doesn't explore them. Sure. I feel like this could have been twice as long. Yeah. Or, or half as long. Uh as far as like like I said, the really interesting stuff is kind of what's in the world, and I feel like we still, even in eight hours, only got a glimpse of how this world works. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I mean, almost rightfully so, because kind of like I was explaining earlier, their world is actually very simple at its core. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> they, like I said, they go to work they go and hang out with friends or have sex with whoever they want and then they take some soma and they go to bed like that's it <laughs> that's like their yeah. whole day and i think a lot of the stuff that people would hopefully point out feel free to email us about that um is that though like it kind of alludes to the fact that <sighs> Like, critical thinking is very important because if there's no critical thinking, this is the kind of world we will end up with, where they will literally breed people to fill positions. And if you don't want to fill that position that you were bred to fill, they'll literally just get rid of you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, no questions asked. Yeah, because they, they don't need you. Like, look, that's why, that's why they're like, look, we can breed 90 of you. They look all the same. You think we care that you don't want to do your job? Doesn't matter. Yeah, and I thought that like that's an interesting take to me too. That like this dystopian world is like trying to fill the world to maximum capacity. Yeah. Like it's yeah, because they take on on it. Yeah, because they talk about too in that opening scene, like at that hatchery where they're getting the tour of. They said like they're I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but it was like uh, we've succeeded in in doing uh it was like 120 of identical twins or whatever and they were like but we've heard rumors that in japan they've succeeded in 140 or something like that at one time so it's like yeah they're competing literally to see how shitty they can be like (laughs) it's so bizarre but that to me that to me is where this book shines is like those type of things um the and then like again where john is experiencing these things for the first time that's where this book shines and yeah the filler it, stuff it in does. between i mean the filler stuff i wasn't that great to me yeah i i 100 agree with you i think the beginning is strong and the end like not even the end not the very end but like the middle before the end like the stuff that's just about john is good too sure well, and see, and I think that's where I didn't – the part where they have to basically get John to the city, it just – it felt so sloppy. Like that was the part I had the hardest time even really following because he like comes back and introduces John to his boss or and Linda, and I'm like, wait a minute. What's going on? Like, wait, who? Like – and that that's part probably partially my fault because I might have missed a name or missed an important fact, but yeah, then I felt like, what? That was how we chose to get John to the city? Like, 
Yeah, it was kind of super duper weird and bad. Yeah, I did not. That whole segment I was not really a fan of, so. But, yeah. You got anything else to say about this one? Not really. It's convoluted. It's difficult. It's got some great ideas in it. I think that's kind of where it shines, is that it has some really good underlying tones. Um, But, yeah, if anybody ever tells you, like, if you mention 1984, and they're like, oh, then you'd really like Brave New World. They are lying. because I know. That's kind of what I felt like, too. (laughs) You might like both, but I think you have to like them both. You can like them both separately. I don't think... uh, I really don't think one fully complements the other, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I, they're, they're two different takes on a dystopia. Like one exactly. Like, this world is super happy, and one is this world is super oppressed. Exactly. Okay, I'm glad you... Yeah, that's exactly what I was alluding to in the beginning, that the worlds are completely different. So, and maybe that's and why one people is, mention One them. is so much better written than the other. I agree, yeah. We'll let you guys decide which one that is. <laughs> <laughs> you can um, tell from how we feel. <laughs> but so yeah, I think uh, we can stop beating this brave horse right now. <laughs> oh, this um, fucking... What are we? Uh, what are we gonna try to do next time? So next time will be uh, we will be a continuation of Anime Squires. So we will be doing three episodes of Parasite, and then followed up by Roadside Picnic. That's right, Roadside Picnic. I have only been waiting about two months to do that. I know, and I'm I finally finished it. I'm almost finished with it for the second time. Just so you know. So, um, yeah. Either way, I'm uh looking forward to that one so so yeah uh, we hope to catch you guys in one of the next ones or one of our past ones even you know what you can listen to an old one and i don't care yeah please do and email us and tell us if we're getting better worse stayed about (laughs) stagnating yeah let us know we'd love to hear from you